Bard to Death listeners coming at you with a special supplemental preface before we get to Cinema Series Week <clears throat> number two. We've got a quick follow-up. A real-life development occurred over the weekend in my life that was a direct drawback to a micro-story that we talked about in our Origins episode, which was our Thanksgiving episode. You might remember that one. It was kind of a riffing and rambling uh, series of vignettes. A lot Colin of, a lot of rambling. A lot of rambling. We talked about how we became <laughs> friends. Um, Colin, do you recall a story that you told about a time recently when you went on Facebook and saw we had a 10-year reunion being planned? Oh, yeah, I did. Cool. Do you remember who was planning that? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm not, we just decided we oh. weren't going to say names though. <laughs> we, we literally just went through this. I, can okay, we do first name? Are we doing first names or just no? Um, all right. Just keep it in your head. Because I don't know her that well. Yeah, that's fine. Um, she was the most popular girl in school. So naturally I didn't really know her. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't think we should say her name, right? All right. You keep it, keep it in your head. Over the weekend, I'm at this place called Bronwyn here in Boston. It's like a German beer hall. I want to say her name so bad now. It's, it's just, killing me. Just so we're save just gonna, it. We're just not going to say it? I, well, I, hold off. Okay, okay. What happened? At, I got her name. Yeah, it's in my head. I'm at this German beer hall here in Boston with my girlfriend. And we take a couple seats by the window. Um... I ordered a fantastic Polish lager. My girlfriend misfired, panic ordered, got some weird cocktail with like mm-hmm. two types of like liqueurs and an aperitif and it was whack. <laughs> Out ordered her. But the door opens behind me and I feel it because there's like a, a, a cold burst of wind. Very shocking. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of reflexively turn around and I see two two young women, mid to late 20s, and, you know, they're bundled up, so I can't really see their face. But for some reason, one of them, like, I just, like, do a double take. I'm like, oh, like, I can't quite figure out why she looks familiar, but she looks familiar. Mm-hmm. And I should reiterate that you and I went to high school in Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. And I'm in Boston. And I'm sitting there, and about five minutes goes by, and those two girls take a seat, and I look over again, and I'm like, why does she look so familiar? Oh, she looks like someone I went to high school with. Okay. And now I'm doing, now I loop in the GF because she's going to think, why am I looking at this girl? <laughs> smart, smart. So I hit the, the Facebook on the phone. I'm not friends with her. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I ever was. <laughs> I wasn't then and I'm not now. Nothing's changed. <laughs> and you, acc- you accidentally request it. It's a private account. <laughs> In that moment, she gets her phone vibrates. She pulls it out. She looks across the bar, sees you, denies right in front of you. And it's <laughs> it's funny. It's pretty private, except wait, wait, what's private? Her account? Yeah, like you know, <laughs> there's different levels of privacy settings. Yeah, so I yeah, can't yeah. see I can't see pictures of her. I can't see where she lives. I'm trying to see is this the girl that I'm looking at? Right what's now? the point of Facebook if you can't just stalk someone? <laughs> they took all these features away. Congress. Gosh, Zuckerberg. Thanks. Uh, um, I was always on Eduardo's side. <laughs> <laughs> you had one friend. <laughs> so the only picture I can see of hers, it says photos of you and insert name. Okay. And I'm like, what photos do we have together? And oh, it's a class photo of our AP US history 
course okay. from 2007. I click on it, grainy as ever. <laughs> I can Sahara. barely see yeah. anything. I'm zooming in, and I'm trying to compare this 10-year-old grainy photo <laughs> to the person sitting, you know, five feet away from me. Yeah, yeah. And I'm showing showing my girlfriend, <laughs> and I'm like, ah, this is getting me nowhere. So, okay, how can I figure out if this is... Okay, how can I figure this out? I don't really know her. I don't really know anyone who knows her. Wait, I do know someone who knows her. H. Yeah. Heather Heather knew her pretty well. Okay. I shoot Heather a text. H. Hey, do you keep in touch with this person? Um, I should just say her first name. <laughs> Go for it. Do you keep in touch with Julianne? Oh, I was thinking someone totally different. I know who you were thinking. You were probably thinking KR. Yeah, I was. I was thinking. KR. Yeah, I'm thinking JL. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. So and it wasn't. H- it was. It was always Julianne, right? It wasn't Julian. It's Julianne. It's I think spelled the, kind one of, of oddly. The four times I tried to talk to her, I blew her name every time. I, just, <laughs> I called her Julian. <laughs> just off to a great start. Julia. <laughs> Julia. Julia Andrews, get up? over here. I knock her binders out of her hand. I think it's like fun. <laughs> It's not. <laughs> All right. So you, you think he, this is her? <laughs> Why is he so obsessed with me? Um, so I, I ask Heather. I text Heather. Heather is the most responsive person on text What's ever. What's your plan God here, Ryan? Her. You're going to text like one of our oldest friends and then see if she can text her in this moment? No, 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 no. I don't want to involve Julianne at all. I just said, hey, I'm out right now. Do you know right if she's now. in Boston at a bar? Do you know, like, do you know where she lives? Does she live in mm-hmm. Boston? And Heather says, "No, she lives in Jerusalem." I'm like, okay, well then it's right. not her. Okay, it's obviously not her. <laughs> Can you, but then, what did you think when you got that text back? You're thinking Arizona. You're thinking New Mexico, and just Jerusalem. <laughs> just went biblical. Well, I am in the Gaza Strip, Heather. So you should have checked your facts. But then Heather follows up and says, "I know she travels a lot." She's in New York City Obviously. and Boston a lot. And I'm like, eh, probably not. What are the chances of this? There's no way. So then <laughs> 30 seconds goes by and I'm like, it's not her. <laughs> Heather follows up with an Instagram picture. Oh, no. From She's like, this is from three hours earlier. And it's a picture of Julianne like in the Boston Harbor. And I'm like, it's her. She's here. She's in town. Oh, my gosh. So That's nuts. I'm the, and this is not a big, I say beer hall. I mean, there's only like 50 people in this thing. It's really tight knit, yeah. old world. Enough time goes by, and I'm like, you know what? Yeah, when you said f- Polish lager, I knew the size of the place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this old woman gave it to me. It was really great. Um, so, enough time. We're in there for like another hour. Okay. And eventually, I just veer towards, I'm not going to say hi. Nothing? Nah, I didn't really know her in high school. It's been a literal 10 years with no You just no blew 97 minutes trying to figure out who she was. Yeah, but at least I knew. At least I knew. <laughs> now I can officially avoid her. Yeah. Okay. So the reason I'm referencing the Origins episode is because this is the girl. I know she planned our five-year reunion, so I'm imagining her involved with the popular kids who you said, <laughs> thanks for letting me hold the camera. <laughs> I'm sure she was. Yeah. So I go home and I say, not gonna, okay, leave that behind. Mm -hmm. Good riddance. Heather texts me a few times. Did you say hi? And I I 
didn't, and I was embarrassed by that. So I was like, well, I'll respond later. <laughs> she texted me the next it's morning. Been, it's been three weeks. <laughs> so did you say hi? And for some reason, I'm like embarrassed that I didn't say hi. And I'm like afraid to You're back, back in high school. Her. Yeah. So <laughs> an hour goes by the next morning. And I check my phone again and Heather says... <laughs> Heather, Heather said, I'm going to pull up the text. Yeah, pull it up. I got to read verbatim. All right, here it is. Quote, she said you never came up to say hi. <laughs> <laughs> Heather texted her. Oh, she blew it. And told her I, I was it. there Heather, texting her about her. I love I've always liked Heather. I love it. <laughs> she Sweet. just threw you under the bus. Just so hard. That's so funny. Just- so, well, it's also you know what, in H's defense and in um I almost said Julian, Julianne's defense. <laughs> did it again. <laughs> uh she didn't say hey to you. She ignored you. Yeah, status quo, high school per use. Why is it? That's. I mean, <laughs> I love that you both confirmed independently and then just avoided. <laughs> you could have walked up to her and said, "Are you Julianne?" Like from yeah. C- you could have just walked up her, walked up to her and said, "Seniors, OA." <laughs> and see here, she we go, <laughs> here we go, Cavs. Here we go, Cosbrock Cavaliers. I should just started talking about like <laughs> like the popular kids from high school, <laughs> and then see if she turned around. Oh, that's oh my funny. God! Where? Yeah. <laughs> well, it it begs the question: What do I have to gain from such an interaction? Uh, maybe a nice moment, but also, what if she's like, "I don't remember you." It's like, well, all right, this is not worth it. <laughs> so she's like, "Let me explain to you the level of popular that I was, and the level and of still am. insignificant you are, and and were." Um, she was. She was always incredibly nice. I feel like she's an nah. incredibly nice person. I'll nah, throw that out. That. Yeah, probably. But so, <laughs> I, so dude, I moved. To, I moved to your high school. I didn't. I didn't grow up with you guys. So I ran that risk, man. I was unknown. I guess, man. <sighs> anyway, funny little story. Small that's, world. That's so funny. <laughs> Next time, just say hi or whatever. I guess Shout out, story. Julianne. I'm <laughs> Julianne again. Shout she out. She is so not listening. <laughs> Shout out, Julianne. You should have said hello to Ryan. Ryan, you should have said hello to Julianne. Done. Yeah. Solved. It's a beautiful shout thing. out to our Jerusalem listeners, <laughs> our Palestinian ones too. We yes, love them both. Love them both, yeah, equally. <laughs> Not taking sides. Two state <laughs> podcast right here. Uh, this is going on too long. We're going to sign off. <laughs> this is barred to death. at Bar to Death, we believe that every story has the potential to reflect something about the human experience. And that's what we're trying to do here today. Uh, we find ourselves in the middle, actually, of our cinema series. This is episode two of four, where Colin and I take turns telling stories um, that have anything to do with movies, us watching movies, going to movies, some movie-related story. Um we talked a little bit last time about how much movies mean to Colin and I and how much they've been a part of our friendship. Mm-hmm. I feel like I could just riff a dozen stories off the top of my head right away of mm-hmm. us just like going to movies and memorable things happening. And so we're bringing um, a few stories to you, part of our series. 
Colin is our bard today. Um, I have not heard this story before. Yeah, so. baby. <laughs> <laughs> I had to Austin throw it Powers. In. Oh, R.I.P. Austin Powers, man. Actually, no joke. Uh, the GF and I recently watched Goldmember. Get really, out of here. really funny. You watched Goldmember? You just fired we, it up? Beyonce's in it. Goldmember last weekend. Really it's, funny. It's got Queen B. Oh, yeah. She, right? Uh, yeah, it's like before she's actually like a real star. Um, the movie is both terrible and Ooh, a little hit wonderful. on Destiny's Child there. Ooh, R.I.P. R.I.P. So, um, all that to say, Colin, you're our bard today. <laughs> um, why don't you take it away? Thank you. All right. The rules of the cinema series, your story has to be, uh, some sort of film has to be involved in your story, some sort of cinema experience, movie watching experience. This is a movie that came out in 2007, I believe. You have to check my facts there. It was a book before it was a movie, a nonfiction book by a man named John Krakauer. It is called Into the Wild. Sean Penn directed Emil Hirsch in the lead. It's an amazing film. Can we just start there, Rye? Agreed? It's a beautiful film. It's so well shot, well acted. It's got an ensemble cast. One of my favorites. Um, oh, and Eddie Kristen, Vedder's Kristen, soundtrack. Oh, Eddie Vedder. <laughs> you can almost... <laughs> Eddie, the, a version of Eddie Vedder where you can almost understand his words. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth its weight in gold and a soundtrack. It, it's like they took Pearl Jam and the Survivor intro credits, and <laughs> it's a wonderful soundtrack. Oh, that's so accurate. I love the soundtrack. The Wolf? Is that what you were just singing? That song, I was the wolf? singing The Wolf. Oh, it's so good. Oh, I crushed the soundtrack. I need to get this on vinyl. It's worth having. Um, For sure. Kristen Stewart. She did Twilight around this time. Order into the wild on (laughs) vinyl. (laughs) Ordering more Tide pods. (laughs) You're like, shut it down, shut it down. (laughs) Ryan, Um, your credit card bounced. Okay, that's that's an inside joke. That was my roommate's credit card. (laughs) Um, Kristen Stewart had done Twilight around this time. She's fantastic in this movie. Anyway, here's the deal. Ryan, we saw this movie together in 2007. Market Street, the Mark- Woodlands, Texas. Right. Market Street, the indie theater in the Woodlands, Texas. <laughs> it's supposed to be the art house cinema. Yeah, art oh house God. cinema in the Woodlands, Texas. It's I love it. Literally next to a Tommy Bahamas. <laughs> it is right next door. To, it's they share they share real estate. Um, oh my God! We went and saw this movie. I hadn't read the book. I think the book got really popular after the movie. Is that fair to yeah. say? Yeah, I think so. Right. Sorry, John Krakauer. We love you. Um, and. So we go see this movie. We get we get the popcorn. We get the soda. We're doing it. It's awesome. We're loving it. I we were just I I I was transfixed by this film. And my my fa- some family members of mine, some cousins are going to make fun of me because I they always say, "Oh, you see that that movie changed your life about every movie." This really did change my life, I think in some way. Hmm. Uh not for the better, unfortunately, I think in this story, but so we see this movie for those of you that don't know, it's, it's totally fine. Into the Wild is this, this true story about this guy named Christopher McCandless who goes by this alias Alexander Supertramp. And he decides in the 90s that he... Is it 90s, right, Ryan? Yeah, I think it's yeah. like 91 or 2. Okay. So he's like college-educated, you know, white man 
has everything going for him. And classic, just privilege, <laughs> classic majority across the board. Money's uh, not real. And he gives his money away to, I forget what charity he gives. It may be like, is it the NAACP? I can't remember. I don't remember. It's an, it's a well-known one. It's a well-known organization. He gives his money away to whatever this is. And he torches his social security card and decides that society, as he knows his parents try and buy him this car, but his old car is still running. And he has this moment of like, we have all these things that we don't need. And he's really in to the romantics and he's really into transcendentalists. Um, the transcendentalists and he's loves Thoreau and Jack London. And so he retreats and he has this great Alaskan adventure. This he's, he just, torches his identity, starts hitchhiking with the goal of getting to Alaska and living off the land, away from society, away from people, away from the brokenness of our culture. So yeah, we should, I think we should point out that it is both like noble Mm -hmm. and a little like hits blunt once like Mm. smokes for the first time is like society, material goods, and um, Dude, it can be both. I think it's important to say it can be both. For sure. Well, well, yeah, well well pointed out. Also, when you just said society, there's that great scene with Vince Vaughn and Zach Galifianakis is in oh this movie. Oh my gosh. You what are they doing? <clears throat> I promise you, if you see this movie, you will not recognize Zach Galifianakis. But if what you look, is he doing here? He is like a dip in. And it's like, <laughs> he has like mouth tobacco in the whole time. And he has a Pre hangover. Pre hang, pre everything. Uh, maybe he did out cold. Maybe before this, but hat, <laughs> low brim hat. You don't see his eyes. It's Zach Galifianakis working on this corn farm, and Vince Vaughn is is an amazing character in this. He's he does really well, and it's this super charming movie. And he befriends these hippies, and he has this philosophy that he's developing, and he's writing, and he's reading while he's on the road. While he's on the road, and. Though he's technically homeless, he is free of his possessions in his society. So Ryan and I are watching this movie, and we leave the movie theater, and I'm thinking about... I, I'm just like to, in total agreement with this character. Christopher McCandless, Alexander Supertramp. I'm like, society is the worst. <laughs> I have to break away. <laughs> <laughs> we're 17 <laughs> i senior year right oh yeah yeah so this is just not a i just sound like a total tool in this story and i am so i decide immediately like leaving the theater that for whatever reason the first thing that pops in my head is like i had been dating this girl um she was so nice the nicest the nicest and uh, I just like decided in because of into the wild that like we have to strip ourselves. Of course, like if I'd re- if it had that that particular message had really taken with me, I would have just unfriended you immediately, <laughs> I'm, like with my best friend. And I'm like, I gotta break up with my girlfriend. Of giving up your car of a month. Yeah, I would have. I would have get, donated money. No, I'm like just just I'm using this movie as an excuse. To just do something <laughs> stupid and and that I probably like I had kind of known like it's like one of those relationships 
that you just kind of know it's not going to last, like when it starts, you know? It's high um, school. It's like the end of senior year. Things are winding down. Things are winding down. We Everyone's were all like, breaking up with girlfriends, you and me both. <laughs> we both Why had them. We were both breaking up with them. <laughs> did you have one? There was a... <laughs> I think you just did you just said, avoid said, high school girlfriends altogether? That's kind of it was well a will done. they won't they situation. <laughs> I think there was none of that. Cut um, the tension with a butter knife. <laughs> I don't really know what to do with that joke. Other okay. than I, I walk, I was just thinking you could cut the tension with a Benny Hanna knife. That's all I thought of. <laughs> like it's there's it's not great. Choo choo. <laughs> oh, I love the onion volcano. Oh um, my gosh. I leave this theater with Ryan. I'm like, dude, I've got to break up with Amanda. No last name. <laughs> that was your response. No last names. Respect the source. Um, I've got to break up with Amanda. It's it's got to end. Nothing that she did. She was the kindest. The nicest. Just so kind. Um, but like, I, I just knew, like, even for the beginning. So I'm, I see this movie. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is this is it. Like, I, I'm I'm totally in on this. I've got to start. I've got to, I've got to simplify, 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 right? <laughs> That's I've the got, message, right? Got, yeah, the throw just pounding in my head. Which we should also say, we did not like rush out and read Jack London or read Thoreau or no, Emerson. No, nothing productive happened. We saw a movie for two hours and then decided that we had the core philosophy. Of life, yeah. Yeah, we don't need to actually read the source material. So we go... I think we got out pretty late. It was like a late movie, maybe, late showing. yeah. And I'm talking with you about this and you're like, yeah, I'm like talking your ear off. You're like, okay, okay, whatever, whatever. Take me home. So I take you home. It's like midnight or something. And I cannot get this out of my head. I've got to end this relationship tonight. Amanda. It would be, it would be dishonest to continue this relationship. God forbid one more day. I can't do it. God help me. Which like, I'm not the relationship king. I should be grateful for any woman who would even remotely put up with me in any sort of capacity, any human being. It's not hey, even a gendered thing. It's just, if a human being is putting up with me, you're just a saint. <laughs> sure. It's true for everyone. Yeah, exactly. Human beings are tough. And we got a finite time on the spinning rock. And if someone's <laughs> choosing to like sit next to you, uh, yeah. uh, that's awesome. That's really that's beautiful. That's a gift. That's a holy, beautiful thing. And here's Amanda... She's working the late. She worked at Starbucks right next to the movie theater. She's working a late shift. Um, I think I was supposed to stop in and like say, hey, after the movie or something, right? Yeah. It was blow a late, it, late shift. Yeah. Blow it off. I'm like, I can't. And I'm, I, think I, I think I said, like, or maybe I called you even that night. And you were, I was like, dude, I, I got to do it tonight. You're like, you're like, dude, I'm in bed. I don't care. I'm like, no, no, I got I to do this tonight. And you're like, okay, whatever. Go do it. So her I shift, sound like a really great friend, just so <laughs> passive. <laughs> you you have decided to strip me <laughs> from your so, life. So I'm you've so socially refined. You've de- <laughs> you've decided after this movie to just get rid of me, and I don't understand it. <laughs> I'm like, we got to get rid of these people in our lives, Ryan. You're but like, we yeah, stay totally. together. Yeah, totally. Screens my call. Um, it's just the stand by me. <laughs> the body. Oh man. <laughs> All right. So her shift ends at like. Like 3 a.m. Yeah, she's been making frappuccinos for teenagers for eight hours. God bless her. And, oh, and her dad, dude, her dad gave me this whole speech when we started dating. Like, 
like just, I mean, they were so kind and so protective. And like, here I am, like just thinking about her dad, like he's going to kill me. He's going to murder me. Now it's like 2 a.m. You know, I can't sleep. I'm like, this has to happen tonight. She's off. Her shift is ending. I show up. I drive back to this movie theater, Starbucks, mm. you know, Market Street. Market Square or Market Street? How do I know? Market remember? Street. Market Street. Man, I'm getting old. Um, and she's like taking the trash out of this Starbucks. <laughs> like <laughs> she's got a bag of trash. Oh, of all She's times. walking to the dumpster. She's limping through this day. It's like 3 a.m. It's late. And I just power walk up to her. And I think I, I think I scared her. I was like, hey, <laughs> like shouted a little too loud. She's like, oh my she's God. Like, I shouted a little too loud. It freaks her out. She's <laughs> she's at the dumpster. It's poorly lit. I can't blame her. And she's like, oh my gosh, like it's so good to see you. She runs, she gives me this big hug. And I'm like, yeah, like so good to see you. And she's like, <laughs> she's like how was the movie? How was Into the Wild? Because she she's so kind. She's the kindest person ever. And she knew that I was going to see it and I was super stoked and she was like, yeah, go see it without me. She was like, go see it with Ryan. I know you want to see it with Ryan. She was so kind about it. And I'm like, it was so good. And I like start to tell her about this movie, knowing what's coming next. Uh, <laughs> like Michael in the office, which brings me to what really is my only point. <laughs> I'm just vamping on how great this movie is and like how I said, I, had, I just, I've had this revelation, Amanda, I have to, simplify 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 <laughs> and you you're the first simplify <laughs> I said, but you didn't actually say that no no her. i didn't say that but i i, I mean that, that was your attitude that was my attitude is it was so like the transition from the movie was amazing so good to see you two we're done was incredibly stark and yikes there wasn't a lot of physical time and she was super bummed Mm. she I, crestfallen i, I want to say that like it ruined her but it totally didn't because she could do way better and and has well she has she absolutely <laughs> has she's married right yeah i think we checked it yeah she's married um uh, fresh off a of facebook run <laughs> marriage confirmed marriage confirmed we're good um marriage confirmed on my end so we both ended up with better people it's great and yeah. uh she starts to cry and oh she cried oh yeah she still has part of her shift left she's crying she, the mascara is running she doesn't want to go back in because she doesn't want the boss to see her it's a whole thing i'm so cold this is the coldest i think i've ever been to a human being Brutal. and i just was like showed up 3 a.m hey love this movie it encouraged me the philosophy of this movie is just uh destroy all relationships in oh. your life and here's here's where it gets brutal Again, I, I'm just w walking back to the 2003 Ford Taurus, pure elation. I've just simplified, simplified, simplified. And I'm, I'm like, I did it. This is great. This is amazing. And I think I texted you like 16 times or something or whatever, you know, like, dude, it's done. Like I yeah. did it. Like I, I'm like proud of myself, which is really just sad. And it, it hits me as I get back into the car and like settle in 3 a.m. driving home prom uh, right around the corner right around the corner like the next week like the next week and i didn't even think about it had you guys talked about it before yeah we talked about it she bought tickets oh there were you know who she ended up taking there were no stats or, 
She went Stetson? She took Stets. Stetson and the Jets. Stets used her ticket. Stetsy. Good her, man. her best friend. Her best male friend. Good man. Good man. Great man. Don't know where he is, but... Don't know where he is. Couldn't find him on Facebook. We tried. Um, Don't really care, but good man. (laughs) (laughs) Not going to look it up. Not going to look it up. Simplify, baby. (laughs) And it just hits me like, oh, I just broke up with my girlfriend (sighs) of a month and we were planning on going to prom together. And And, and she cared about prom. She did. I think. She cared. I think. I I think so. Most normal human beings do. And then here's where it gets worse. I have a moment of like guilt and shame. Like, oh, that's brutal. Like there were tickets purchased. Maybe we'd like split the cost of tickets. I don't remember. And I don't know. You just don't do that to somebody if you've made plans with them, especially for something, this seminal American coming of age experience like prom. And here's where it gets brutal. I have this moment of guilt and shame and then it hits me. Simplify, simplify, simplify. I don't even care about prom. I'm not going and I didn't go to our senior prom, right? Yeah, I remember this. I broke up with my girlfriend who I was planning to go with. She was planning to go with me, leave her out in the cold. Mm. You know, she has to pivot, bring a friend. I'm so yeah. glad she still went. I thoroughly regret not going. Do you really? No. Well, <laughs> I, th- <laughs> I think so. I think I do. I'm still processing it, honestly. Sure, sure, sure. It's been 10 years. Um, I, I, if I say yes, I'll go to our high school reunion, and then I'll think, I'm really glad I didn't go to our prom. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think- Could have held the camera at prom. I just was so done with like school dances and that whole, like who's mm. the queen and the king? Like I just didn't give a rip, um. and I uh, kind of wish I'd gone. Sure. If nothing eh. else, to hang out with you, to yeah. see some friends. I had like Nathan Culver. I went to, you know, a close friend from high school. Like had all these like friends that I could have like hung out with and had a good time with and was like just intentionally not doing it. So we might want to tell the, the prom story in that weekend a whole other time, but this is all the result of this movie. Yeah. That is still haunting me. All right. So. I'm I'm am d- doing this discussion. I lead this uh young adult ministry. We have these discussions at this brewery. So I'm leading this ministry. I want to talk about Into the Wild at this discussion. This is like a month ago. No, I'm sorry, this is a this is a few months ago. And I'm telling them the story of Chris McCandless, right? And mm-hmm. I'm it's like this I'm talking about the theological implications of his story and what it's like to peel away. And and it, the the crux of this evening is the importance of community, the importance of not being alone, of not doing life alone, which I think is like one of the best things that the church can offer. And it like kind of, it hits me just the irony of the story because I'm telling McCandless's story. And as you know, Ryan, the end of the movie, the end of the book, the end of McCandless's life is that he accidentally he makes it to Alaska. He really lets some people down. That remember, remember Hal Holbrook. Uh, yeah, the, the act, old man. Yeah, the old man. Hal Holbrook is the actor's name. Um, yeah, Ron was his name in in the, in real life and in the book. Ron and um, this elderly guy. He'd lost his family tragically, and he meets McCandless. He gives him a ride as he's uh, um, 
uh, hitchhiking and he ends up staying with him and then they end up having this beautiful relationship. And then Ron's, you know, is like, can I ask if he can adopt him? Right. Yeah. And it's this beautiful moment. And he says, let's talk about it when I get back from Alaska. Mm. McCandless never comes back from Alaska. He finds this bus, this magic, quote unquote, magic school bus, which he calls it. And he camps out in this bus. It was like an emergency camping bus for hunters. Mm. And yeah. he's like soon going to learn why it's an emergency camping bus. Right. Cause he goes in at the spring and during springtime when it's not as cold. And then when the snow falls in the winter, he can't get out. He physically can't get out of the spot in this bus. River's too high. The river's too high. That's right. His food source is depleted. Uh, he's out of ammunition for hunting. He brought a gun. Um, he has this book of edible wildlife plants. He misreads one of these plant drawings. He mm-hmm. accidentally poisons himself by eating an inedible plant. And so he's starving to death because he can't hold any food or water down. So it's, he slowly dies. This is a true yeah. story. It's tragic. And he scribbles this thing down in the corner. I think if it was, if it was call of the wild or what book it was that they found it in, but he scribbles down this line, happiness only real when shared. This is the final line of the book Mm -hmm. in the movie and in the movie. True story. True story. hundred percent. And in the movie, he, he zips the sleeping bag up and he dies. Right. And he like surrenders his body to the heavens or whatever. And, That happens in the movie, this <laughs> ending. And 10 years later, it hits me. Wow, I really grossly misinterpreted <laughs> Just missed the ending completely. Where, why did I not process the ending as a 17-year-old? That I, my takeaway from that, happiness only real when shared, the closing thing was, man, I got to just blow away from every relationship <laughs> and obligation I don't care about because that's what McCandless did. Happiness only real when shared equals eliminate shared happiness with girlfriend. <laughs> that was the fundamental equation. Oh, it's brutal. It just doesn't match up at all. It doesn't match up at all. It's so <sighs> sad. It's it's more I tra- mean my story is more tragic than McCandless's. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. To to rescue you from Please. being the the sole kind of uh buffoon here i didn't help it's not like i corrected you i clearly was happy to play and i continued to like believe in this pseudo minimalism it's like becomes this convenient excuse to ditch anything that Mm. is making you uncomfortable and then to just keep doing whatever else you want to do at any given moment in time so um it's right it's it's ryan uh george clooney from up in the air like we're yeah. sharks, and if you're not moving, you're dying. And a, w- what's in your backpack? And throw have as have have as put all your relationships in your backpack and keep it as minimal as possible, as light as possible, to move quickly. Yeah, That's but like you're just picking, thing. and you're not even consistent though. You're just picking and choosing. You're like, well, I'm happy to be materialistic in this way. Yeah, I didn't and, give uh, my iPod <laughs> away at all. No. I think no, it's like you. Yeah, you use it as an excuse to just shed things you don't want to deal with. You shed the best person in your life. Like, like <laughs> you found the best one and you're like, her. Well, if, I, if I'm going to shed one, I'm going to make it count. 
I just, I think, like, part of me is like, I was thinking back on this, and I was like, did I just hate myself? Like, why would I? This is so self-destructive. You're absolutely right. I picked the nicest, most caring person in my life. We hadn't been dating long. I want to stress that, too, though. Not in my defense, in any sort of thing, but just to feel like... It wasn't, it wasn't like we'd been dating for two years and it was this huge emotional thing. I really think, it, I don't really think it was that emotional for either of us. No. Um, again, that could be false. That could be, I be, could be cutting myself too much slack here, but I'm not trying to cut myself slack. I'm, I'm vulnerably telling the story. I'm embarrassed of the story. One year later, I do remember this. I go to college and also part of it too is I don't think I wanted to be one of those guys with a, with a, uh, I didn't want to be one of those high schoolers who went to college and had a boyfriend or girlfriend. Yeah, same. That was terrifying. That's why to me. I managed to stay single, had to do college. Still single, right? <laughs> huh? <laughs> you can let go of that policy, Ryan. You're 28 what? years old. <laughs> Not single. You just can't have baggage when you go to. If, I might finish grad school. <laughs> you never know. Um,. Yeah, so like a year later, it hits me about how big of... I think I rewatched it. I was like in the common space in college or yeah. something. It's like, guys, we got to watch this movie, Into the Wild. It's amazing. Pop it in, gets to the end. I'm sobbing. And it's like, oh. Oh, misread. I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> misread. McCandless would not be proud of how I behaved in response to this film. Story, his story. Because cor- corpses can't be proud. It's impossible. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Well. And um, I think I texted her. Or I may okay. have Facebook messaged, messaged her. That, that, it, that helps. I think I actually pulled it up recently. I actually dug through a whole bunch of old Facebook messages. <laughs> what were you doing? Just for the heck of it. Sometimes you got to go back and just see what your life was like. And it was, uh, I, I, rectif- I tried to rectify and nice. it, it was never fully rectified in, in sure, sure. for good reason on her end. Like just let it, you know, she, you know, she, she did what I did to her and yeah, that's my <laughs> first, Man. that's the second cinema series show um, story. I wanted to share that just because more than any other th- movie, I think that movie like really mm. changed me and it changed me f- for the worst reasons for like that year. <laughs> But Silver Linings Playbook, it once you like rewatch the movie and caught the probably the real message of the film, um, has it manifested in any like fruitful ways in your life? Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. You know, I swung the opposite way. Like, oh, like Redemption. Pe- people are important. This is a, yeah. uh, you know, and it kind of remind. It really is like. Um, like a parable, I think, in the way of, so like, so in, in the Jesus story specifically, you have these parable, he's teaching with these, like these stories, right? This fiction and his disciples are like super confused by it. And they're like, why don't you just tell us what these, there's like moments where the disciples <sighs> are like, Jesus, why don't you just tell us what these stupid parables mean? <laughs> and, uh, and he's like, you don't get it. You're missing the meaning. And it's like, I think the idea is that like they intentionally like go and argue and like chew on these things without mm. swallowing. And I think I, for me, like what I learned is that I think I just swallowed too quick on this, that like I didn't mm. chew on this story enough. I just immediately was like, Oh, I've figured this out. I get it. 
the parable solved. I understand the meaning of life. Um, <laughs> and now I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I guess like the takeaway for me was like, it's okay to rethink everything. Sure. Opening credits. You're like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Shut up. I got it. <laughs> you just cruise. I walk out five minutes in. Yeah. I got the idea. <laughs> cool. That's so funny. Um, no, can, that's, can that's you, super well put give us something you were here this is like not a joint story per se but you were here can you give me something about maybe what this was like for you or what you felt with the movie or yeah i mean i wonder i i definitely felt the same way i didn't act in any way that is comparable to what you just told well, but i also we can be vulnerable here ryan help me out <laughs> come in the trench with me well i wonder if i just kind of started around this time to like idolize um like so, being solitary and started to look down upon those whom were like too invested in other people. So for example, 18 year old Ryan, if he had heard someone be like family and friends are my life, you know, he might've scoffed at that. And this might, I'm not saying into the wild is the reason why, but it certainly kind of fed into this like late teens, um, isolation, cynicism, Kind of just like low key bitterness. No, I don't think you would know it from talking with me or or, or really interacting with me. Um, but mm. certainly deep down, I kind of idolized he who was going his own way, even if I in no way, shape, or form was doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, didn't like went to college and didn't really value. Um, the idea of making really good friends ended up getting lucky and making some really good friends. But my attitude towards human connections and relationships and like just like general dependence on one another uh, was really sour around these times. And I think the film, uh, a, a gross misreading of the film, I should say, uh, did not, did not help if it was not necessarily the cause of it all. Um, well said, well said. Yeah, and I, I wonder the extent, and I've I've definitely done something like this. Um, it may not have been breaking up with a girl at you know senior year, but I think you reach some point, and some like perverse part of you just wants to be able to loaf around and do whatever you want to do at mm-hmm. any given time of day without a babysitter or without anyone anyone challenging you even. And mm-hmm. and when is that more apparent than? the end of senior year. I mean, you're just like hosting, you're Mm -hmm. not doing anything early release. Yeah. And so anyone who's like, it's not like Amanda was telling you what to do, but you know, it could be like, Hey, let's go to prom. My coming out with my friends tonight. You know, she was challenging Mm -hmm. you and any sort of inconvenience, uh, becomes an assault and a threat Mm -hmm. on like your sovereignty, your, your stupid ego driven sovereignty. And by yours, I mean mine and all of ours. Mm -hmm. So I, I think we've all probably done something like this. There are unfortunately uh, girlfriends who have had to pay the price for for male foolishness, and I'm sure vice versa. But um, certainly in our mm-hmm. experience, I I know I can uh, get with you on that one. Wow, well said there. Yeah, thanks for jumping in the trench with me on that. Uh, this film messed us up, man. It did. It really did more than any other movie, I think. For me. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Um, it still haunts me. It's so stylized that... And I love it. I love this film. Oh, 
once you are viewing it with the right lens, I mean, it really is a beautiful and powerful affecting film, but to be 17 and to quite frankly, just be a moron. Um, it was very, uh, seductive. I'll say it was seductive. Yeah. It, it, um, it absolutely was. Wow. And you're just living in the woodlands, which is like just the, the most hyper consumer materialistic place and a mm-hmm. place I, I really love, but, um, we couldn't have been farther from whatever we, again, kind of goes back to the theme from the first cinema episode. It's like, man, just be careful what you idolize and be careful what you're trying to project to the world. Um, mm. Yeah. Well done. Again, yeah. We're, we're, we're critiquing who we were at like age 18 and 22, so it's kind of not super fair, um, but worth being cognizant of at 28 and 29. Yeah, and we weren't 22 when we wrote that screenplay. I'm sticking oh. with this. I really okay. don't think we were. I think because you had come back from Villanova. Yeah, I guess we were 20. We were 20 and we wrote that we were 22 in the character listing of the screenplay. And by screenplay, I mean the one page that we wrote. Go back and listen to the episode before this, Gavin. It's hilarious. We, we wrote a lot. Uh, not uh, a lot about the film. And I'll say this too, like to your point, we can't pretend like it's not more convenient to be alone. It is. Sure. We can name that. It's 100% more convenient to be alone. You don't have to be interrupted. You don't have to deal with whatever. You could do whatever you want. You can live life with a backpack, which is what he does, right? Yeah. Clothes on his back and zero responsibility. And that Or in you, a walled up mansion. Or in a walled up mansion, yeah. Like you can you can go Gatsby if you want to. You can be super alone and that's more that is more convenient. You are more agile. You can you are the master of your fate. If you want to live like that, there is a tax. Hmm. That comes with a price. That comes with a tax. It's not a tax of convenience. To be with other people, to do life together, to be in community is incredibly taxing. Oh, for (laughs) sure. Offensive things are said. Feelings are hurt. And there's also a beauty to that that you don't get if you're alone. I don't know. Sure. I don't know. It's just, I don't want to pretend like it's like, oh, it's more convenient to be with people because it's definitely not. Yeah, I, I. What better time to quote a movie, um, especially when we keep talking about up in the air, mm-hmm. when George Clooney says to Danny McBride, who has cold feet the day of his wedding, he's like, "Think about the best moments in your life. Were you mm-hmm. alone, or were you, were you with people?" That's so good. I love. It. Says, I use that quote all the time. Oh, he says life's better with company, and it's. Yeah. He doesn't say it's easier or that it's more fun necessarily, even though it probably is, or that it's like you know, more just like from a dopamine standpoint, like enjoyable, it's, mm-hmm. but it, it's better. It's just life is better with company. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well said, man. Into the wild. And it, that's- My that, words, <laughs> not clues. <laughs> well, and that's what I, I was talking with people I ministered to about this movie this night. And I was like, it's that the tragedy of it is that not just that he died, we're all going to die, right? We're all terminal, but that it, it cost him his life to learn this lesson. And it really yeah. seemed like in his story, he wanted to, sometimes you get a chance to like learn the lesson the hard way and you make it out alive Yeah, and you're fine. And you have a couple scars, maybe a wound and then a scar, but sometimes you die in the wilderness. And if you go yeah. into the wilderness, you go into the wild, you don't come out. Yeah. I, I know there's a lot of people who look down upon 
Christopher McCandless like the historical person because mm. he just underestimated nature and nature like doesn't care about your existence and is not something to play with. Mm-hmm. So it is unfortunate that like that was his learn lesson. Um, but, um, mm. but yeah, I think you're right to put like, we all kind of learn this at some point and there's like this weird, cruel contingency that it could just be, um, ah, well, a foolish breakup, but you know, Amanda mm. happily ever after and you happily ever after, or it could be life and death. Um, mm. So yeah, there's like a randomness to it, I guess. But mm. um, in any event, let's uh, let's put a, a a bow on this present. Um, yeah. Well, any any final thought? I know we've covered like what we learned here. Any final thoughts? Any final? <clears throat> no, I'm just. I feel like this wasn't as funny as it's been in the past. But um, well, the last episode we cackled in their ears for <laughs> 45 minutes. So. Yeah, they were probably. This was probably a nice reprieve from that. They might want a little break. Um, <laughs> I'm excited about. We don't talk about the stories that we that we're going to tell. That way, our reactions are happening in real time. But I have no idea what my next cinema story is going to be, or what yours is going to be. I don't either. I, I just love few... this series. Yeah, I love talking I, I about love movies. movies. Movies are the best. I feel like a dad who's like trying to convince his family that the family trip is going well. I just love movies. I think the series is really great. I think everything's going fine here, guys. He's like, he's, he's shoveling water out of the canoe. <laughs> the Titanic's not going to sink. Picking up the luggage on the highway. <laughs> this is fun. This is great. I like changing tires in the middle of the highway. Just fire extinguisher on the grill. <laughs> Who wants medium well? <laughs> It's a little char. <laughs> Who wants well, well. Um, yeah, I don't know. That, nothing, yeah, Into the Wild. If you haven't read, if you haven't seen the movie, what would you say, Rye? Read the book or see the movie first? Have you have you read the book? What's definitely your read the oh, definitely read the book first. But see the film; it's beautiful. Unless the it's is unless amazing. it's Harry Potter, see the movies first. They're better. <laughs> I always say that. To be We're losing that that Harry Potter demo so Ooh, quickly. The Goblet of Fired Up. Am I right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right. Well, thank you, Bard Colin. This is Bard to Death. We'll be back next Monday with a fresh story that you won't want to miss. So don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or our website, bardtodeath.com. And if you're really vibing us, consider writing us a review in the iTunes store. Have a story of your own that you'd like to share with Ryan and I? Email it to us at connect at bardtodeath.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Our outro music is graciously provided by Ryan's band, We Are Tall Boys. You can find them on Spotify, iTunes, and Bandcamp. Until next time, we hope our story in some way helps you find the humor, beauty, and truth in your own story. This has been Bard to Death.
doesn't 